This is Collected Clan, Episode 12. Now that you've got a little life under your belt, figure out what that means. Figure out what you need to let go. Figure out what you need to anchor to. And use that to guide you through the rest of your life. Welcome to Collected Clan, the podcast about outstanding people I've met along the way. People with interesting stories, triumphs, and ideals. People who've made their mark in the world and in my life. I'm your host, Gregory Byerline. I've met a lot of people over the years, and many people come and go. But these people are the company that you keep. Everyday people just like you and me. In this episode, I have a special treat for you as Father's Day approaches. This episode is a collection of unreleased material from previous episodes with guests who are fathers, an extension of episode number nine featuring mothers. This podcast series is all about conversation, which is much more than an interview. They're two-sided, not just one-sided Q&A. To that end, I don't keep a list of questions to ask every guest, except in this case. There's one question that I asked each guest, one topic that I covered with each of them, and that's what I have in store for you here. I asked each guest to say something to and for each of their children so that when their children come across this recording years from now, however they find it, because once it's online, it's online forever, a time capsule of tributes, encouragements, and affirmations from these fathers' hearts to their children. This is so needed today, and this is one of the reasons this podcast exists. Given the recent high-profile suicides that occupy the social conversation, despair and depression and confusion and isolation are becoming more and more of an issue So this is my way of adding another raindrop to the ocean and trying to create a ripple of change, planting seeds now that will grow into something of greater value later. We all want to know we're valued, and these fathers share that with us about their own children. My hope is that you also find an encouraging word here. So let's get started. First up is David Myers from Episode 2. I'll start with my oldest and work my way down. So my oldest is my son, Jacob. He's 15. And if you know Jacob, he is the sweetest person you will ever meet. He's got the best disposition. He's legitimately kind. And, you know, parents have these lofty goals for their kids. Like, oh, I want you to be the quarterback. And I want you to be this and that. And I want you to be successful. And I want you to be, you know, whatever. And we always have these impressions. And we always kind of put that pressure on our kids. that This is what you need to live up to in order to make me happy and proud and stuff like that and uh jacob is genuinely kind and if i did my job as a father and i raised somebody who's compassionate kind and genuine then i think that i did my job as a father because he is that he epitomizes all of those words he is so sweet if that's what he grows up to be I'm completely fine with that. And I will be so proud that, you know, I raised a human being like this because we need more human beings like this. You know, if the world had more kinder people and gentle people and compassionate people and empathetic people and sympathetic people, the world would be a lot better off. I'm just so proud of who he is, even at 15. And he's an incredible, incredible human being. And um, I couldn't be more proud of him. And then there's Alex. Alex is my 13-year-old daughter who does not look 13. She looks like she's 25. 
She is breathtakingly beautiful. Alex is the type of person that she is 100% fully capable. I can tell her to do something. Hey, baby, I need you to do this. And I will know that that will get done. You know what I mean? Even in the dumb things, you know, because if I can trust somebody with the little things, then I know that the big things won't be as difficult. She is that. She is incredibly motivated. She knows what she wants and she goes and she gets what she wants. And what kind of 13 year old gets it? What kind of 13 year old does that? She does. She's incredibly courageous and she's a leader at her school. You know, it's middle school, you know, so there's nothing but drama. And, and she's just like, oh my God, I'm so done with the drama. And what's cool about her is she still comes home to talk to me about it. She's comfortable with me and Nicole enough to say, hey, this is what happened at school. What do you guys think? You know, whether or not we've done our jobs is still, you know, up for debate, but she's still comfortable talking to mom and dad about what's going on in school. She is every bit as capable and I'm, I'm not worried about her in the least. She's, she's incredibly smart. She's incredibly gifted. She doesn't struggle at school at all. She just gets it. It's kind of sad because I want to be the dad that like holds her hand and like, hey, baby, you know, this and that. And, and let me show you how to. And she's like, dad, I got it. She's an incredible human being. And I, I'm just I'm not worried about her at all. She's uh, she's going to be fine. And then there's Charlie. She's my she's my 10 year old little firecracker. This little girl is fearless. And I don't think it's a naive thing. That's just her persona. She is not afraid to say anything, to do anything. Last year in her in her soccer team, they were down like, I don't know, it was like three to two or something. And like the time is running out kind of thing. And the coach calls a timeout because they're struggling. And, and the coach says something, you know, motivating to the team. And Charlie's like, yeah, 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 coach. I, yeah, that's fine. Here's what we need to do. I need to turn on my speed because Charlie is legitimately the fastest person in her little group. Even amongst the boys, she kills people. She destroys them. She's gonna be in track and field because she's that good. So she tells the coach, she's like, yeah, 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 your little motivational speech, that's cute and all. I'm gonna turn on my speed and I'm gonna go win this game for us. They break the huddle, they go back in the game, she scores a goal, right? 30 seconds later, she scores another goal, they win the game and she's like, yeah, I told you. And and what was cool about that is that morning when we're driving to her soccer game, she says, hey, daddy, um, I, I want that medal today because the coach gives out MVPs of the game. She's like, I want that MVP medal. And I said, OK, well, then you better go get it. And she got it. And then there's uh, Sawyer. She's my baby. She's seven. Since she was born, I've always called her Soupy Magoots. <laughs> so everyone calls her Soupy. But Sawyer, she is... She's magic. Her little smile and her little grin, they melt me. She she can get away with whatever she wants, and it's fine. <laughs> Let her do what she wants because it's she's perfect. Um, the other day, after having going through what we've gone through in the last couple of weeks with Nicole's truck and her losing her job and then us getting rear-ended, I was just PO'd, you know. I went to go run some errands, and she wanted to tag along. And so I just wanted to stew in silence and just be pissed and just be mad and angry at the world. And she's like, Dad, this this is boring. Put some music on. And so I'm like, all right, what do you want to listen to? And we've been all about the greatest showman. So she, we put that soundtrack on and she's singing it. And then she's like, play Moana. So I put Moana on and she's like, play Coco. So we put, and she's singing her little heart out. And I just looked back there and I was like, man, if this is not the epitome of the gospel, 
not to be childish, but childlike. She has no care in the world, no worries whatsoever. She knows that her daddy's going to take care of everything. All she has to worry about is getting the words right in her pitch on these songs. And she ministered to me that night probably more than I have been in years by the preacher. Things like that, moments like that is what I live for. And she does it all the time. She doesn't even know she's doing it, you know. She healed me that night, for lack of a better term, and, and being cliche and all that. I am absolutely blessed with incredible children. I really am. I've been blessed. I'm blessed with an incredible wife. All things considered, and when you have true perspective, and when your kids remind you of what's really truly important, there's nothing I have to complain about. Next up is Marcus Garza from episode three. The biggest belief of both Megan and I is that you know Graham from the very beginning was special. I told her that Graham is going to be special, Megan. And she goes, I know, I know he is. But if he's like every other kid, it's okay. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I'll love him too, you know. But I said, Megan, he's going to be special. And she just laughed at me. And we took him home from the hospital. The second day home from the hospital, he started flipping from his stomach to his back. He almost did it in the hospital. And he started flipping. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, I guess that's normal. And then other people were telling me they're not supposed to do that for like months. And Graham's picking himself up and flipping himself to his back from his stomach. And he's squatting on Megan up and down. And I'm not joking. He's a preemie. He's two weeks early. So he wasn't even supposed to be born for another week and a half. And I was joking, you know. And you see me on video. There's a video of it. He's like, he doesn't do that. I'm like, yeah, he does, Megan. Watch. And I put him down. And then he kicks over and rolls at his back. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like the proud <laughs> dad. We pray for him every night. And our biggest prayer is that he'll know Christ. And then we also pray for who he's going to marry. And uh, that was a powerful prayer that Megan's mom prayed for Megan, that she would marry somebody special. So we pray that for him. Nice. The biggest thing to know for him is that, you know, you can't define yourself with any accomplishment, with any failure, with anything that you have in this world, except for defining yourself in Christ. That's the only way. I don't define myself as a ranger. I don't define myself as an army football player. I don't define myself as a, an care distributor or, or a risk taker or a real estate developer. You know, I, I define myself one place and I know that's my homing beacon right there. I define myself in Christ and you can never go wrong when you do that. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart because you can get so off track in so many ways. But if you can do that, you know, and maintain humility, love people in spite of, you know, and in spite of not agreeing with what they do, you know, I, I think I think you can do anything. And he has a super strong temperament. And I prayed, we prayed for that. We said, God, give us a baby who is very stubborn. So when we teach him your ways, he'll be very stubborn and the world won't be able to he'll grasp onto it. And I said, he'll be able to resist that. And he's like that. He's, I mean, he's a stubborn boy and he is strong willed, just like we prayed for. But there's a reason for that. Next up is John J. Thompson from episode 10. Gosh, our kids are something else, man. It's, it's wild. Um, Jordan is at this point 24. He's almost 25, which is crazy. And he is right now, he is becoming one of a real authority on coffee excellence and he works actually at olive and sinclair making chocolate he's a seeker and he's a he's a truth teller and he's a deep conversationalist and he's a part of 
our church that we do here in the house, and he's a part of the, the book group that we do on Friday mornings. And it's just fun to have a kids, and this is a, the case with with all of them, but to have a have a 25 year old who. And, and same with Wesley and Trinity are adults and they're on their own, but who want to be around you and want to come back home and hang out is, is very cool. Jordan and uh, Wesley are both here in Nashville and both on their own. And it's just amazing how often people come up to me and say, man, I met your son and, and man, what a cool guy he is. I really like that guy. <laughs> so um, Jordan is, is amazing. Really, really great kid. Wesley is 23 right now, and he went to culinary school, and before he was even finished with culinary school, was already heading up a kitchen at a really cool restaurant in Nashville, and shortly thereafter was pretty much the head chef at that place. Went to culinary school with his then-girlfriend, now-wife, and they both worked at the same restaurant. I say all this because after they got married, and they were pretty much the talk of that restaurant, they both felt that the the food culture, the restaurant culture was just not healthy. The lifestyle, the hours, the stress was not healthy. And they decided to just step away from it and go find a job that they could do that was going to be more conducive to a good marriage and a good home life. And I just was super, super proud of them for doing that. You know, my son and daughter-in-law, that they would they would invest so much energy in becoming excellent chefs and be willing to step away from that. I mean, maybe they'll go back to something related to that. Maybe they won't. But so proud of them being able, being willing to put their marriage and future family ahead of their career and not placing so much of their identity in that. was I'm super proud of that. And um, Wesley is crazy talented and one of the funniest guys ever, but he's also kind of shy. So only special people get to see that side of him because he saves it for folks that he's really comfortable around. So yeah. I feel, I always feel honored when I get to see that side of him. And then Trinity is, she'll be 22 pretty soon. And she's the only one that's moved a little bit away. She's living out in Gatlinburg and she is uh, passionate about horses and she is out there doing horseback rides with people and taking care of horses and training horses. And she's doing what she wants to do. And she's been determined to do this. And we are not a horse family. We have never had a farm. We have never had any land. So she's had to like go out of town to do it. But I really admire her determination to follow that dream up. I can't wait for her to get back here. It's been difficult to have her be several hours away, but I look at her and I'm just always amazed and, and pleased to see her, the heart she has for people and the way she cares about people. And, and she is tough too. I mean, the girl has just been getting beat up by those animals. <laughs> She's had so many accidents and, and injuries and stuff, and she just keeps after it. She's a tough, tough cowboy, cowgirl, I guess. That sounds condescending. But... And then Jesse <laughs> is our little guy. He's a He's our surprise. He's only 13. He's the only one we have left at home. If it wasn't for that surprise, we'd be empty nesters, and we were way too young to, to be empty nesters. So <laughs> we get to have Jesse all, all to ourselves. He gets to have a very different life experience than his older siblings had, um, having mom and dad to himself. But Jesse is like 10 times more energy than any four kids combined. It's something else. He does everything. He plays piano. He's in Boy Scouts. He's at youth group. He's, he's in baseball. He's just always doing stuff. And super creative and artistic and loves his friends and loves conversation and all this imagination. It's just, it's like there's 10 people trying to bust out of his skin half the time. So, um, he's, he's something else. He's, he's super bright, really loves, uh, loves God loves. He's got a great faith. He's a real thinker. He's just explosive. And it's, what's amazing to me. And you'll see this. I'm sure you already have. It's like, 
and you have multiple kids and you feed them the same food and you give them the same water and they got the same parents there and they're so different. Each, each one of them is so completely different. It's like, how is that possible? It's kind of funny because our youngest came along when a lot of our friends were just starting to have kids. So we've actually got several friends who Jesse, our youngest, is able to hang out with their old, you know, their regular, their only other kids, you know, so it's funny because we're the old sage parents who've been down the road before and we've got, you know, three grown kids on their own. So people come to Michelle with for advice all the time because she's the experience. <laughs> That's cool. That is cool. There's something, something to be said about that also. This episode is brought to you by Molly Pop Studios, specializing in lifestyle portraiture of children and families. At Mollipop Studios, we capture that special smile, mischievous smirk, a quick kiss for daddy, or a special secret or snuggle with mommy, like the cover image for this episode, which was made by Mollipop Studios, and sometimes even the furry, barking kind of child. Please visit online at www.mollipopstudios.com or on Facebook at Mollipop Studios and book your session today to make your own photographic time capsules. Next up is Bradley Ford from episode 11, which is part one of his two-part conversation. And, and my three kids are spread pretty far apart. So it'd be interesting, you know, years to come where they, where they all are in their paths, because they're also all three so completely different. But if I were to speak to my kids in the future, I would encourage all of them to, to do two things. Because, you know, having an oldest that's in college and one that's about to graduate high school and then one that's only eight, I would think that some at some point in the future they're going to be at a great point where they can take a look around. And I, I, w- I want to encourage all of, all of them to stop, look at where you came from, and look at what your journey has meant, the good and the bad, and then turn around and face the future and take what you have seen behind you and make that work for you for the future. Because I think so many times the past, it can be an anchor where it keeps us safe. It keeps us from drifting, but it can also be, you know, an albatross around our necks. So many people say, let go of the past, let go of the past, let go of the past. And I think that that's only partly true. And I encourage my children to use the past for good or for bad, whatever it may have been, to use it and let that continue to define their future. Because our futures are not made when we're eight years old or when we're even 19 or 20. You can reinvent the wheel at 20, at 30, at 40, at 50. And I think that's what I would want to tell my kids in the future is to now that you've got a little life under your belt, figure out what that means Figure out what you need to let go. Figure out what you need to anchor to and use that to guide you through the rest of your life. And in closing, I thought I'd take a few moments to say it forward for my own three kids, Molly, Margot, and Miles. Molly Pop is the girl who made me a daddy when I had just turned age 39. Yeah, we waited a while to start a family. If Megan were here in the studio with me, she'd chime in to say that she was nowhere near age 39 since she's younger than I am. But I remember holding Molly's cute little screaming bundledness for the first time, walking her across the room to the anxiously awaiting arms of her mother, my bride. That moment was much like the opening scene from The Lion King when Simba was triumphantly presented to the jungle kingdom by Rafiki. 
Three years earlier, I told a client that I wasn't sure if I wanted someone to have me for a father. I said those words, out loud, to another person. And Molly, you've taught me that being a father is a high honor, and I will forever be a better human because of you. Whether planning a party for your friends, drawing a painting or countless pictures for our house or my office, twirling around the house with a, without a care in the world, exploding in laughter and squeals when we play chase through the house, creating checklists for your overnight visits with grandparents, and every little thing you do, you are an amazing little girl. Remember that time you asked me to wear a sticker with your name on it so everyone who saw me would know I belonged to you? Baby girl, I'll wear that sticker on my shirt anytime and every time you ask me to wear it. You're smart and creative, funny and silly, dramatic and opinionated, all the things I'd ever hoped for a daughter to be, and you make me feel like a king. As you approach your ninth birthday in a few months, knowing you're halfway to launch sits heavily on my heart, and I deeply look forward to guiding your development into the world changer you will be. And sweet Margulis, my little angel heart, even at age five, there's a mysteriousness and extra special something about you that captivates people. Your presence is winsome, and your affection is beyond adorable. Only a little girl as marvelous as you can give hugs so warm and kisses so freely and sweet. You entered the world in your own timeline, catching Mommy and me by great surprise, and immediately upon arrival, your skills of snuggling in and savoring each cuddle moment were evident. Having that second Rafiki moment of presenting you to your stunned Mommy was an honor in and of itself. Here's something you'll want to know. She'll probably tell you a funny story she has of me when I handed you to her for the first time, so just nod and play along. That's what I do. Anyway, what a joy it is to see you run toward the door when I return home from wherever I've gone, especially after knowing I need to plan an extra five or ten minutes to get out the door due to your generous offers of hugs and kisses. You have such a joyously affectionate spirit, and those who know you are also captivated by your mystique. You'll probably remember that Mommy sings a song from Bobby Vinton called You Are My Special Angel. And as you get older, memorize those lyrics. They're true, and they're you. Finally, my boy, the great nugget. You are the first boy born into our extended family since, well, since me. The moment I walked you across the room to introduce you to your mama was different. Still magical, but different. This time I wasn't Rafiki the baboon, but I was Mufasa the kingly lion presenting his lion cub Simba to the great mother lioness. By the time you arrived, I'd been a daddy for over five years, but I had never been daddy to a boy before. Even though I had been a baby boy myself, I felt like a total rookie as your daddy. Fortunately, I learned that the first three years of a baby boy's life are all about mama. And that was definitely true in your world. And your mama was all about you too, Lion Cub. She still is. She's amazing. So I had some time to learn. Now that you're three, your world is exploding further open. And I'm thrilled to show you exciting adventures that lie ahead. We'll do so much together and go so many places. Sometimes just you and me. Sometimes with one or both of your sisters. Sometimes all of us, including our dog. Sometimes just you and me and our dog. And you'll soon learn about the magic between a boy and his dog. And that'll be fun. The world that society has created for you three kiddos is oftentimes a mad and crazy world. So it's a world that needs you. It needs your joy and your talents and your bravery from all three of you in your own way. 
I'll continue to ask, will you always be my girl? And will you always be my boy? With hopes that you'll answer yes. Even if it's an eye-roll answer of, yes, daddy, we've told you that already. And as Father's Day approaches this year, I want to be more than a father. I want to be your daddy. And I want you to know that we'll butt heads several times along the way because I'm a stubborn one. And some of that hard-headedness became part of you too. But even so, you three have rocked my world in all the right ways, and it's an honor to belong to you. There you have it, Father's Day memos, saying it forward. Thank you, gentlemen, for sharing your heart here, for your kids, and for us to hear. If you enjoyed this, subscribe and share with your friends. Our regular episodes featuring conversational biographies with outstanding people I've met along the way resume next time with part two of my conversation with Bradley Ford. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Search for Collected Clan, and we'll be there. You'll never miss an episode. And a big shout-out to my friends Worldwide Groove Corporation for this episode's original music. The song is Mimosa from their album Chilodesiac Lounge Volume 1. Check out more of their music at WorldwideGrooveCorporation.com. Thanks again for listening. Now go be you. I love Dad. I think that he's the best dad in the whole world. I like that he does a podcast. Goodbye. My name is Molly. <laughs>